I thought you were dead. Sun out of your eyes and be yourself. Heard you were dead. She's dead, wrapped in plastic. That man's dead back then. It was worse than dead. He must be dead. Is this a dead man, Doctor? Check the microphone. Is it? Got it. We're in. First time. First time. First time, long time. Wow. Check, check, check. Nothing ever goes right. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Check, check. Yep. See? It's not going right. Yeah. Yeah. Always to the left. What? Wait, I had to still double check. I still. Oh. All right, there we go. Now I'm rolling. <laughs> okay. As I said, nothing <laughs> ever goes right. Take two. Uh, those were the days, my friends. I thought they'd never end. Like the audio sound, that it will end eventually. Like this the cast from Gordon. Greece. Yeah. This is Rosemorum cast. A cast of Greece. <laughs> we are kind of a cast of Greece. That might yeah. be good for the rebrand. Cast of Greece? Cast of cast Greece. <laughs> Let's do that. Cast of That's Greece. way funny. <laughs> we just we can do a show about like different types of Greece. Like WD forty. I think that would, different consistencies. That would be good. Just teach people about it would be a lot of shit talk on Italians. Like, uh, yeah, if you're doing a uh, Greece podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All three kinds of Greece. <laughs> yeah. I'm assuming that on today's show, you're going to learn a little bit about Greece. This isn't a dedicated Greece show. Wow. But uh, I'm Travis. I'm Tom. I'm Connor. No one else. We don't need anyone else. No, no Greaseman. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cast the Grease. The greasiest grease. Guys, last time you saw me, I was dying. You were, but you inspired us with this wonderful story that you can persevere through anything as long as you're handsome. Correct. So get that savings account up and find (laughs) that plastic surgeon, because that's how you're going to get ahead. That's what we've learned thus far with Sterling Hayden. That's right. You always have to have a good plastic surgeon, because, like, I don't know, a lot of these dudes getting plastic surgery now look wrong. I don't agree at all. Well, who's the, Zac Efron? Have you seen him? No. Dude, he looks like, he looks like the Hulk met, like, a kid, the kid from Stranger Things. Why did he get plastic <laughs> surgery? He was so handsome. Yeah, and now he's not handsome. Let's see. It's the curse of being so handsome that by preserving it, you mess it up. Yeah. Sometimes you just, even if you, you know, they say, you know, th- we're not dealing with somebody on this episode where, like, he's got a charming, weird feature. Because I feel like a lot of uh, actors have charming, weird features. <laughs> like the perfectly misplaced mole. Yeah, yeah. Travis, what are you talking about? This guy is so much more handsome now. <laughs> wow. That draw is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> His face is like someone tried to design it with an etch-a-sketch. <laughs> it's so rigid. 
you think that's what the surgeon like sketched it out on? It's like, Zach, does this look good? <laughs> Turn it around. What do you think? Don't shake it too much. <laughs> Don't shake it. <laughs> that's awesome. That took we're, dealing a few with, hours. Yeah, we're dealing with someone that doesn't need plastic surgery. Yeah, perfect guy, Sterling Hayden. Also, something else that doesn't need plastic surgery, our weeks. Travis, let's start with you. Oh, yeah, forgot about weeks. Dude, Um, it's just been a week. Uh, there's really nothing. I'm getting ready to go to Canada for the 4th of July. I was like, fuck America. I'm going over to Canada. Nice. You're going to burn down Ottawa for revenge of 1812? <sighs> Dude, no, I'm going to be... I'm going to Victoria. I'm going to teach him American charm in Victoria. They're like, go. hey, Vicky was my favorite. She's a sexy beast. They're going to kick you out. No way. Look at this face. Needs plastic surgery. Yeah. Yeah. The, the only people keeping you in the country are those who will see your deep pockets and go, wow, can't wait to get this guy on the op table. Yeah. Dude, I mean, I was going to make all these poutine jokes and all that shit, but, like, I don't even know what they do on the west coast of Canada. It's just going to be the same thing as Seattle, I'm sure. Yeah, that's yeah. true. What is the Canadian stereotype only for the, the east Canadians? I feel like it is, right? I think they still say a boot up there, though. But I think it's more like they do it on purpose because, like, like oh, we're Canadian. We had to say a boot. What, they only do it when Americans are in the room? Yeah. yeah. And or French people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Canada basically goes France, the Canada we know and love, and then Seattle. That's yes. the three Canadas. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well that's cool. All right, good luck over there. What about you, Connor? Well, I now I won't tell my extensive plastic surgery story. Um what are you gonna save it? <laughs> well, you said no plastic surgery talk, so I can't talk about the boob job. Yeah, I got. something looks different oh, about they look you. Awesome. They look really. They good. look super awesome. <laughs> they came in really well. Uh, aside from that, though, not not much happened this week. I don't know. The most exciting thing I did was uh, played a new campaign of Rome Total War. That's not exciting at all. <laughs> That's very all exciting. Not Just, for the listeners. No. That's you know, super I'm gonna, exciting. I'll say the same thing. I didn't do anything exciting for the listeners. It's time to start the show. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Sterling Hayden Part 2. Last we left off, Sterling Hayden was cast as the lead role in the Edward H. Griffith's Bahama Passage. He's oh, playing yeah. Bahama, right? He's, he's the Bahama, and he's <laughs> looking for a mama. Keep in mind, this is Sterling Hayden's second film role ever, so he is breaking records with how he is climbing the Hollywood ladder. And it's like, what, 1935, 36? This is 30, 40. Oh, 40. This is 40. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so we're right, really yeah. getting close to stuff. If you know anything about history, wow. I wonder, did you pick up from your documentary, how was his feelings on uh, the guy with the weird mustache in uh, Germany? It's very on the, up in the air uh, at 1940, 1930. Yeah, Americans were really going either way. Yeah. <laughs> Truthfully, what I gathered from Sterling Hayden was that he he didn't know what he wanted. Remember last episode we talked about how he was invited to all these communist parties and it was kind of a communist? like But more just kind of hanging around? Yeah. Like, he just wanted to sail around and shit. Yeah. But he... He liked America, okay? So America's... Whatever America was feeling, he was feeling. Okay. All right. 
How many so spares do you think he went through? So, <laughs> so he wasn't full blown communist. He was just like he sympathized. He gets it. Um, he didn't like acting. He saw yeah. it as very soft boy work. <laughs> uh, he wasn't happy making loads of money for what to him felt like an insignificant thing. He didn't grow up watching movies and falling in love with the silver screen like many of his uh, contemporaries did. Yeah. They all like kind of gushed over this stuff. He grew up and was just like, my life sucked, except when I was on the water. Except Salem. Yeah, yeah. that shit was awesome. And it was really difficult. Yeah, and also these people that are gushing over movies around his age, like, whoa, you're gushing over, like, some guy sneezing and, like, running Sterling, around. Sterling, you won't believe it. I emotion. thought the train was going to hit me when I was sitting there. <laughs> I swore to God the train was going to hit me. You got to think of how many, like, how many suckers were, like, watching Buster Keaton and going, ah. Oh, Dude, I'm gonna do those stunts. And I'm gonna go. Oh, yeah, I'm gonna go stand on a train. Yeah, <laughs> psycho yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah, look at all the like kids. Look, look at all the kids that got into jackass. <laughs> yeah, I mean, at least there was more than one of them, and they had audio and the internet. So and color. Yeah, yeah, it's true. And Johnny Knoxville. <laughs> that guy sucks. <laughs> I don't like him. What if we showed a single episode of Jackass to a 1920s silent theater? How different would the world be today? That would be fucking sweet. <laughs> would they just burn down the movie theater and then like we can't, we can't have this evil? I, I don't know. I feel like they'd probably be like more in line with it than like we are today. <laughs> but you got to think about like all the things they're seeing on Jackass, like the shopping cart. I don't think the shopping cart was probably invented until nineteen fifty something. Yeah, right? a skateboard. So just seeing that and be like. But then not knowing what they actually use. Yeah, for. they're like, what are these few new cars of the future? Right, exactly. <laughs> so they'd be invented, they'd be recreated, and then they would just put people in them. Oh, so the world would be in a better place, though. Yeah, much better. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, Madeline and Sterling had also been in a rough patch of their relationship. She was on the East Coast, allegedly seeing another man, while Sterling was doing his stupid acting and being sad. So one night, oh, we're in 1941. One night, 1941, out on a drive to clear his head, he passed a dock that belonged to MGM's studio. There he saw a schooner, the Aretha F. Spiney, sitting there, no one to love it. It had been used for the Spencer Tracy movie Captain Courageous and was sitting there ever since 1937. Oh, my God. Mm. Yeah. So, no hesitation, Sterling Wait. hops that fence. Is he on, you say he's on the docks? He's driving past the docks, and he okay. sees the schooner. For a second, I thought it was just, like, on, on the lot at MGM. Oh, no. no it's no, in the water. No. Yeah, yeah. Have in the water. <laughs> right. Is that considered, like, catcalling, but for boats? It's like, hey, sexy. Let me get all up in there. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, he's definitely that guy. <laughs> um, like, the TLC dude who likes to fuck his car. I don't <laughs> yeah. think Sterling was that deep into it, but he he's a candidate. Maybe Captain What's-His-Name-Was? Uh, Warwick Tomp Tompkins? Yeah. Man, maybe. Or Dude, Irving he, Johnson. He was sliding into the poop deck, no lube. <laughs> so he hops this fence to get over to the dock, see the schooner face to face. Now, he's like, I'm going to sleep in this thing, and when I wake up in the morning, I'm going to change my life. All right. Exactly what he did. So he slept in the, the old schooner in the bunk, and then head back 
he headed back over to Paramount in the morning to convince the free, uh, the, the studio head, Frank Freeman, to buy the schooner on his behalf. Oh, so he's not even buying it. He's <laughs> saying, buy this for me. He's saying, buy it for me, and I will pay you back with my gotcha. work. Okay? All right. I don't know. I got the scratch now. But <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. All right. Frank agreed to buy the schooner from MGM and bonus Hayden 50% of the money for it. It was um, $18,000. It's a lot of money back then. Yeah. Damn. Um, he would have to work off the rest of the balance. So this kept him in the... I guess this happened halfway through the filming of Bahama, Bahama Mama. Uh, let's see. Oh, wait. I totally made up some shit before that I didn't say in this episode. Uh, the last episode. Okay, remember that shit I said about communism mm -hmm. before? Yeah. I thought I said that last episode. It's coming up. I didn't know if it was something I just forgot that you mentioned or yeah. <laughs> something yeah, mentioned kinda... very briefly. All right, you're not losing your mind. <laughs> Sorry, this is... No, that's all right. I mean, I more paperwork. people should be communists. Yeah, you're I, dumb. I like them more now. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm very smart. I had a big brain like Lennon. Travis, don't do that to me. I have, I have a frail heart these days. Don't say more people should be communist. All right, comrade. Maybe you should continue. I'm so mad right now. Okay, anyway. <laughs> so, he finds out his old pal Warwick Tompkins is living in San Francisco. Tompkins had written a successful book, 50 South to 50 South. It was all about his sailing career. Ooh. Nice. Apparently, Tompkins is still alive. This guy's old as hell. Whoa. Yeah. Oh. Sterling went to go visit his old sailing friend, not knowing what uh, he was walking into. Tompkins had become a radical communist. Ooh. Hell like yeah, Travis. That's why he's still alive. Yeah. yeah, he's got the, you know, when you live better, you treat yourself and society better, you, you know, healthy. You know, you go to the gym if you're a communist. Are you kidding me? Work the fields. <laughs> yeah, that's, that is a good point. How do I get, like, to the upper end of communism? Where I like it. Uh, win. It'd just be on the inner circle. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Political like. borough, right? Pol yeah, the Politburo. Yeah. All right. Get him the Coleman turn. Now, during his visit, Tompkins introduced Sterling to many prominent Californian communists and towed him along to several dock union protests. He sat in on a few meetings, recalling in his autobiography that he had no idea what they were talking about. All right. As I mentioned before in that uh, mistaken foreshadowing... <laughs> He becomes a communist sympathizer, never full on. Uh, after a stay in San Fran, he heads directly to Frank Freeman's office to resign from Paramount, Paramount Pictures. He's intercepted by Henry Ginsburg, head of production, and he uh, dangled the lead role of For Whom the Bell Tolls in front of him. Ooh, wow, what a third name. movie, lead. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Before the second's even out yet. Uh-huh. This is a, a wouldn't happen to be Alan's dad, would it? <laughs> a role that would shoot him into super stardom, right? That's right. Now, Sterling told Ginsburg that he never read the book. Good for him. <laughs> Ginsburg then chewed him out for not really even being an actor. 
As you would. Yeah, you know? and he's like, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah, good. Yeah, you, you read it right, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> right after, Freeman tried everything he could to get Sterling to stay on for a few more pictures, but he wouldn't bite. Sterling signed his reg- resignation papers and hopped in his car to head to Boston to win back Madeline. So that's What about cool. the boat? Yeah. Dude, he forgets things. He's not even, he's not even sailing back to Boston. He <laughs> doesn't have time. Ugh. He's not a pilot yet. Dude, well, he just, but he slept in the boat. How did he change his life? Um, yeah, you'll see. It could, gets could, weird. Could it have been uh, maybe this book that changed his life? <laughs> oh, that Karl uh, Marx book? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you mean that book written by a spoiled college kid? Dude, everything's Who, written by spoiled college kids. That's not true. <laughs> Actually, yeah. That is true. <laughs> it is. <laughs> You're right. Um, Paramount casting Hayden for for whom the bell tolls, uh, it started to circulate Hollywood quite a bit. And by the time he made it to Boston, reporters had picked up on this. And they were like, Bro, you leaving Hollywood? You're the bell. Yeah. You're, you're, the fuck? Yeah. You are whom it's tolling for. <laughs> it's just like you were going to save us all, us Bostonites. <laughs> we were finally going to be somebody. <laughs> His plan to reconnect with Madeline worked, and the two became a couple again. The next thing, <laughs> next thing for Hayden was to get involved with the war efforts happening overseas. He could see that America's involvement was right around the corner, and he wanted to get a head start. Now, this is a question I've kind of had in the back of my head for a while. Why did he not join the Navy when he was 16? I don't know. That's a really great question. Was it like he wanted to sail, not necessarily like just be on the water? I think that he has this, like when he was younger, he romanticized freedom. Okay. So like the middle, the, the wide open sea aspect is what he wants, not just the ocean for the ocean's sake. Yeah, you don't want to be... With a bunch of dudes, you know, not right. getting horny and shit. He just wanted to, like, go out and get contracts. Like, there was something more romantic about, like, pr- the private sailing than, you know, being on a cruise. like, scrubbing a deck. Yeah, yeah and, exactly. Okay. And also remember his stepdad, too. I'm sure he's like, you know what? Join the Navy. You can't run away from people. Yeah. <laughs> you can't run away from your problems if yeah. you're paid by the government. <laughs> yeah. Good point. He contacted Colonel William J. Donovan the father of a sailing buddy, David Donovan, who had sailed around the world with Sterling a couple times, or once and then a few other voyages. Colonel Donovan had been appointed by FDR as the coordinator of information, who would be in charge of shaping the U.S. Foreign Intelligence Agency. November of 1941, Sterling departed for Glasgow. Uh, He went to train in London for a future... For the future allies, what? I wrote this wrong. Basically, he heads over to Glasgow for a one-stop and then shoot down to London to train with the British military. Okay. And learn how to do the things that they're learning how to do before the other Americans. So, Like kill Nazis? Like kill Nazis. So he's he's like volunteering for like a British foreign legion kind of thing? Kind of, yeah. He's going to train with them. And the idea is that Donovan is putting together all these, like, initiatives to get 
us on the ball. Because, like, FDR knew the war yeah, was coming. Yeah, we all coming. knew the war was coming. Yeah, the yeah. war was coming. So he wanted to get people ready for this shit. He's uh, sending over, all right, we're going to go train. We're going to get up to snuff with these people. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, the U.S. had a similar thing going in China at the time. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Flying Tigers. This and was they- essentially the formation of the OSS. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. And they have a similar thing going on right now in Ukraine. <laughs> yeah, you can do that if you want. <laughs> Everyone can get their own private military. It's yeah. cool and fun. Ask the Romans. Are yeah. they communist? It, it's only <laughs> no. it's only not cool when they start walking towards your capital. Russia is the most hyper-capitalist society in the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, I just gotta make sure. Yep. I'm not picking sides. I'm just throwing it out there. I haven't actually formed any opinions about the current conflict wait tom, until who wins and then you can form opinions on it yeah. tom you're you're moving down south i'm gonna beat you i'm going straight to cuba yeah <laughs> that's yeah. cool you're allowed to go there now right because of uh, who uh opened that up? trump on the last few days of tr- closed it yeah the last few days of the trump administration he put the embargo back on uh, yeah, he locked must, the, he locked the door again. there must have been yeah. something bad coming through then mm. <laughs> or it's just him doing he knew stuff. something yeah. he knew something we didn't chase still alive <laughs> sterling arrived in glasgow to find out that pearl harbor had been bombed and the pressure was now on so the the journey happened at the right time uh he made it to london to find out that no one knew he was coming and british forces had no plans for him he was not told that by donovan all right they sent him back to scotland for three weeks um for some soe training and then followed by a few weeks of parachute training. Ooh, no. De- December 15th, 1941, he was the first America to American to train in Arisaig House, a special British training school in Lochaber District. His commanding officer was astonished by his story, but gave him no special treatment. At Arisaig, he learned about all the various firearms that were up and coming, all the cool shit, some raid tactics, some shit about silent killing, Morse code training, field craft, and demolition. All this, like, spy shit. Yeah, hands-on mm. stuff. Mm. Oh, yeah. That's cool. You said raid shit, like raid shadow legends? Did you get a free Raid account? shadow legends, yeah. <laughs> Go He's that. in all the ads. Oh, yeah. Go give them your information. <laughs> His Paramount training actually turned out to be pretty helpful you see he the background in sailing you know he's got all those practical muscles and then at paramount they're like you got to look sick so he's doing cardio all the cardio (laughs) he's looking amazing he shows up and they're like you're like the best person we've ever had walk through these doors you're amazing we should just send a picture of you to hitler he might surrender (laughs) yeah (laughs) if only (laughs) upon recovering and all right he finishes his training He's offered an army commission, but actually turns it down. He admits in his book that he was kind of afraid of battle and wanted to offer services as an instructor slash drill sergeant back in the States. Mm. All right, he knows his limitation. Yeah, he's just like, I got to protect this face. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm handsome. I'm yeah. not, not going to be in the mud. <laughs> so Sterling flew back to the States and met up with Madeline again in Connecticut, and they get married. January 14th, 1942. Didn't you say... the first home in Norwalk, Connecticut. Didn't you say she was hanging out with another man? Oh, but I... uh, When she... He made it to Boston. Whatever he said to her, just like... Just worked. He's like, look at this face. (laughs) Yeah. 
I forgot what you looked like. You had been in the newspaper for a while. <laughs> Within no time, Sterling f felt a tremendous shame for not being on the front lines of the war effort. So to totally not run out on his new wife, he applied for work at the Elko Boatworks, a manufacturer of patrol torpedo boats designed for military use. So he's testing these cool machines now on the mm. water, still near Connecticut, so he could see his wife on the weekends. Good stuff. Only does that for a month before the guilt got to him, and he applied for a commission in the Navy. He was offered an uh, ensign? Ensign. Ensign. Ensign position. That's the lowest rank. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, it's like a private in the Navy, I think. Yeah, so yeah. he goes, an ensign? <laughs> Do you know who the fuck I am? Do you know where <laughs> I've been? I know how to sail. I'm a he, movie star. He captained a boat to... Tahiti, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> like, he, he's the shit. And he's like, I just spent time in Scotland, away from my, my wife, to learn how to kill people silently <laughs> and use demolitions. All the field machinery you can imagine. You're going to make me ensign? Yeah. <laughs> and they're like farm boys in Kansas who've never seen water before, getting gobbled up by the Navy at this point. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> I think that's the funniest when you see those like kids from Nebraska like, I've never been a, a water boy. <laughs> I don't know how to swim. What do you do? I'm a naval pilot. Yeah. No, so en Ensign, I was, I, was, I was wondering what the equivalent rank of Ensign. I think Ensign is the first officer class. It's a lieutenant? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of a high rank, though. But, he, but it's the first officer, like an officer class. Like he was basically training with the OSS that was to train officers. True. That's, and he's killing all these other officers out there. He's excelling through everything. So he's all insulted by this commission that they offered. So he said, stick it. Yeah, Ensign is the equivalent to a second lieutenant in the U.S. Yeah, so Army. the lowest possible officer class. Yeah, so he's not a regular old seaman, though. Okay, yeah. yeah. It's not good enough for a man so handsome. Again, he captained a ship to Tahiti. Like, yeah. He's got he got stuff. ice cream in Tahiti. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> good point. For his next plan, he decided he would help the war effort as a private citizen. Madeline offered to buy the boat from Paramount that he had purchased and uh, get that thing over here. You know? Get South it on the Boston. East Coast. Yeah. The old Aretha F. Spiney. With the ship acquired, he aimed to get some military contracts for moving war supply via sail. Apparently, this is a good way to skirt around U-boats in open water. Mm. You don't draw their attention if you're not running motors. Yeah, you're quiet. Yeah. yeah. You gotta be a sneaky so, boy. So, yeah, sailors were in demand. He received a contract to transport 95 tons of explosives from Port Everglades, Florida, to Puerto Rico. In wait... In the little schooner he bought? I, multiple oh, trips. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> I was like, how fucking big is the schooner? <laughs> it's big enough for a few tons. Okay. But he probably would have been making somewhere like 20 trips. Yeah. Yeah, and this is government contract money. Yep, it's pretty cool. It's that, that New Deal cash flow. Yeah. He flew down to the Bahamas and sailed the boat. Uh, well, he flew down to the Bahamas to get a crew together. That's where all the crew people would hang out in the Bahamas and yeah, the uh, stage crew, real room, nerdy, yeah, a bunch of nerds. <laughs> this is our gathering the crew montage. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he's getting the crew together, and they he flies them all out to L.A. 
to get the spiny over to Florida. Now he docks his boat in Miami for a quick night of rest uh, before arriving at Port Everglades, which is slightly north, where the boat was boarded by naval officers and it was declared for requisition for wartime efforts. Hayden spent the afternoon trying to explain that he was part of the wartime effort as a private citizen. Navy didn't like that. Nah. They nah. didn't see eye to eye. They don't like explanations. No. Nah. So Navy was like, sorry, man, we're going to strip your fucking boat for engine parts. And, oh, my God. Uh, you're screwed. So Sterling Hayden, he's like, not my boat. I'm Sterling Hayden. So they were planning on ripping this thing apart the following morning. Well, not for Sterling Hayden. You just leave at night. Yeah. This is what his stepdad taught him. Yeah. 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 yeah these are the skills. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something finally came through. Um. He sails the thing down to NASA on the Bahamas, where he takes the engine room apart himself and sells it for scrap. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, and, well, uh, government's not going to get this engine parts. I'm going to get it. Yeah. I like how instead of, like, trying to continue to fight and work on the thing that he agreed to, he's like, ah, oh, you want to scrap it for engine parts? I'm going to scrap it for engine yeah. parts. Yeah. Well, now that the engine was out of the boat, he can continue using it. Oh, right, because it's just he's sail, sailing it. Right? Exactly. Yeah. So now it's all analog. So he's, like, determined to fulfill this contract now. He's like, I'm going to do this. Nothing's going to stop me. After a week, he sailed back north, past Miami, obviously, and directly to Port Everglades. At the dock, before loading up his boat with explosives, the Coast Guard intervened and stopped him from taking the cargo. You oh. see, the, the spiny did not have the proper steel casing and bulkheads required for carrying explosives. Ooh, they forgot. I should have checked that. He's a citizen. Who gives a shit? <laughs> yeah, but, but come on, Connor. This is the forgotten branch of the military. They've got, got to do something while their boys are fighting. We're going to stop these sailboats and let, let, them, let them know what how. So, we're in a situation now where Sterling goes, thank God, because part of the contract said that his boat needed to be up to Coast Guard law if he was to carry this shit. So it was a legal way for him to back out of the contract with no repercussions. Ooh, Ooh. okay. So now he doesn't want to do the contract. Well, I think if the Navy had taken his ship, he would have been on the hook for something. Mm. Like, okay. Being too now handsome? he's just like, well, I did all I could. And yeah, yeah. I'm not up to the code. Yep. Um... That's great, though. So while at port, he picked up a new contract for standard goods that was going to Curaçao, which is how I think you pronounce it. It's the small... Curaçao, yeah. Curaçao. Is it Curaçao? I, I think so. I feel like I've heard it like Curacao before. Yeah. I know from my Portuguese that the way they do that C with the little thing on the bottom is, is silent. Curaçao? Well, it's not, si not silent. It's soft. Soft. Okay. You say it like sound? I think it's... Sound. Curaçao? I think it's... I think it's cur yeah. Okay. Well, I'm... That um, one. I'm, Wait, so he's I'm feeling real smart right now. Thank you. <laughs> he he just so he's just completely given up on the acting thing now. He's like 100% like not even talking to anyone in LA. Yeah, he's over it. He's like this okay. is dumb. You guys do dumb stuff. <laughs> um Yeah, so he's going to Curaçao, small island off the coast of Venezuela, another communist country. Curaçao. Hmm? Curaçao. Curaçao. 
Okay. Curacao. Can we trust that guy? I don't know. I don't know. That guy didn't sound very trustworthy. Uh, yeah, he sounded too it's white. It's the pronunciation book on YouTube.com. Ever heard of it? Oh, yeah. Dude, they always get a nail on. They're like General Taos. Yeah. Oh, a British person saying it sounds even less right. Speaking of Venezuela, they're another communist country, but I, I do want to rewind a bit. Uh, Travis, I said something mean to you. I said you were dumb before, and it's been bothering me because I don't think of you as dumb. Why do you think I'm dumb? Well, I said don't be dumb. That's kind of what I meant to say, and I don't think you're dumb. And uh, I just want to say on air, I'm sorry. I know you're uh, not dumb. Oh, thanks. I, would never, I never meant to say that to hurt your feelings. You didn't hurt my feelings. Well, I felt like I had hurt your feelings. I'm very sensitive, guys. I've become very sensitive. That's right. I'm hardened. My capitalism has hardened my heart. I will never call you dumb again. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying on air. We'll see how I feel next yeah, we'll week. Yeah, we'll see how. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I accept the apology. Thank you very much, comrade. I just felt bad, you know. Although I don't, I still don't like communism. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> The journey went terribly. His crew almost mutinied because Sterling was a crazy man on the open water. He took, like, every every time there was something dumb and risky about being on the water, he would do it. Oh, okay. He'd go, let's fucking do this. Big storm coming, sail right there. He was P Travis Pastrana of the <laughs> analog sailing world. <laughs> he probably would have liked Travis Pastrana. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I really like the meat. Travis Pastrana <laughs> meat. <laughs> so wait so he's basically he's like travis persona or like bill paxton like how he's like i'm gonna go right in this hurricane and release all these tiny balls kind of yeah i think that's a good analogy bill paxton imagine if bill paxton all of his acting careers um like his roles that he played were true on top of him acting they were that's why they, he died so young you don't even have to imagine it there yeah you know. It's good. You ever see the movie Butcher Baker Nightmare Maker? No. He plays a jerk in it. He's a real ah, jerk. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good role. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll stop stalling now. The script's not that long. <laughs> That's why I'm taking my time and apologizing for things. Well, we're having fun with Sterling. Yeah. He, he gives us a lot of good tangents. That's what I yeah. really liked about him. Yeah. There's a, a big adventure. Big adventure. Very big adventure. <laughs> Very big adventure. <laughs> I mean, so he's he's been. I mean, we he was in Los Angeles, right? And yeah. like on the West Coast, like obviously he went around through Panama Canal, but he hasn't really explored like the Pacific too much, right? I he's mean, mainly Atlantic boy. Yeah, he's really more Atlantic and just coastline on the West. Except coast. for that, the one trip to Tahiti again. <laughs> Wait, Wait was it, it Tahiti or was it? It was Tahiti. I thought Tahiti was Tahiti's Pacific. Oh yeah, South Pacific. He did go to the South Pacific. Oh. To bring right. a medal, right? I thought it was I thought Tahiti for some reason was like closer to Galapagos. It's, yeah, that's it's still like it's like Fiji. It's, you go further. Adjacent, it's South Pacific, it, but it's, it's not like it's not like South Pacific like So if I was a, if I was looking at a map and for the audience, it's more lefter. It's uh if it's a map <laughs> of the classic, it's right on the, where the, the classic map world ends. divide, it's either gonna be way on the left or all the way on the yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. If they cut off New Zealand, it might not even be there. Okay. <laughs> I forgot about Tahiti. I, was, I, I just kept thinking of Boston and their beautiful beans no, and lobster. That was just a one-off. All the yeah. rest have been his, his Atlantic. He's an Atlantic. Atlantic he's an Atlanticist. I think that was that one trip with Irving Johnson where he did the whole world. All right. 
doesn't matter. He's he's out there. He's windsurfing. Okay. Oh, sick. Sweet. <laughs> So he's a crazy guy in the open water, and uh, he takes on so much water at one point that the cargo is mostly destroyed. But it doesn't matter, because he pulled up to dock and was able to get paid anyway. His crew did leave him. So now he's in Curacao. <laughs> the crew left. <laughs> yeah, the crew was like, fuck this guy. Yeah. He gets like that sometimes. S- Sterling Hayden becomes less tolerable as he grows up. Oh, because okay. the fun kind of wind, winding down. The fun, if you think about it, there was never really a lot of fun. He's not a fun guy. He's an yeah. adventurous guy. He's an guy. adventurous guy. He's like a serious, very serious adventure movie with no comic relief. Right. Okay. So After, like, Indiana Jones without a short round. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah. In black and white. <laughs> In black and white. <laughs> After unloading the remaining cargo, Hayden stayed in Curacao for a couple days to reset. One afternoon, he met six Marines that had been stationed there to protect the Dutch Royal, uh, the Royal Dutch Shell oil refinery offshore. It was their day off, so Sterling joined them for an afternoon of drinking. On the rig? No, no, they were on the shore now. Uh, oh, okay. Doing their shore leave. They got a day off. They're hanging out, as Marines do. Going hard. Oh, that's all yeah. Marines did back then. <laughs> that's evening, all they still do, I think. Well, good for them. By evening, they were all in full hell-raising mode. And they went to the island's premium hotel bar, the Americano. Which I think, if you went to any Caribbean island, there was an Americano. Yeah, and it's like a foot away from the military base. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> it's a great business model. It's like Fort These... Robert E. Lee and then Americano Bar is right next door. <laughs> yeah, and all the locals are like, these idiots want us to put water in their coffee. <laughs> Fucking dumbasses. <laughs> they were breaking shit and yelling and screaming as Hellraisers do, and the manager came up to them and was just like, you guys gotta fucking leave now. But then he realized, wait, I know you. You're that <laughs> handsome man from the movies. <laughs> You're from the pictures. Yeah. I don't know why he's Southern, but... <laughs> yeah. Well, let's assume he is. Yeah. Um, Hayden's like, oh, yeah, you know who I am? Well, I'm ashamed of my career. And he's just like, don't be ashamed of your career. Stay here, drink. I'll cut you some slack. Just stop breaking shit, okay? Uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> so the guy calls the police. He's like, hey, I got these six Marines and a movie star in here just blasting my whole place apart. Police come by, and Sterling Hayden, with a newfound appreciation for the military, even though he had already, like, done these jaunts and yeah. <laughs> quite yeah. the investments, he's like, wow, the Marines, though. I never thought about them. They're on the water and the land. All right, so when the police comes, he's just like, I got to save my Marine friends. So he yeah. takes the, the manager who had called the police, and he brings him outside by the collar and starts beating him up. And he goes, come after me, police. And he just makes a... Uh, a whole a whole diversion for his mi- military friends to wow. get away. He pro- these are the skills he learned in England. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely an English trait. Dude, who... I mean, he. Uh, this is the best of both worlds here. You got regular-ass sh- soldiers that are dry, and then you have wet soldiers. And that's what a Marine <laughs> yeah. is, is a wet soldier. It's a wet soldier, yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I don't like understand, that. like, you know, they have the Navy SEALs, but, like, a SEAL is just a wet dog. So, like... If a dog was an army soldier, a seal would be a marine. See how that works? It's biology. That's right. <laughs> cool. I think that works. 
The next morning, Sterling was bailed out of jail by one of his merchants that he had delivered goods for. He docked up the old spiny and flew straight to New York to have breakfast with his wife and tell her his new plan. Inspired by his new pals, in October of 1942, Sterling Hayden enlisted in the Marines and was sent to boot camp, Paris Island, North Carolina. Oh my God. Damn. This guy's done more boot camp than anyone. He joined the Marines it, in 42? Like, yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> not even like first enthusiasm after Pearl Harbor. He's like, I just watched Wake Island get conquered, and I want that. Yeah. I want more of that. Wow. Dude. Yeah. He's great. All right. So, uh, never mind. Continue. I was still thinking about SEALs. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think we should tug on that thread. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, speaking of seals, seal coats, Madeline Carroll. She is, she's got all the coats. She is yeah. Hollywood's number one. I thought you were going to talk, start talking about Seal the singer for a second. Oh, that. oh shit. Have you ever seen that video of doing. Seal doing, se- sung by seals? No. Sorry, this is important history. <laughs> you keep, keep, keep going, Tom. So, you might be asking yourself, why does Marilyn Carroll, the biggest movie star on the face of the planet, why is she endorsing this kind of wild behavior? She's got a man on the She's side. She's getting railed out. Yeah. Even better. She has a death in the family. Her, she is from England, right? Mm-hmm. Nazis are bombing England left and right. Oh, Her sister's no. killed by the Nazis. Oh. So anything Sterling wants to do, as long as it comes with the caveat that it's going to help the war... She's, she's going like, to endure, and she's going to pay for it. She's like, I'll, I'll do anything. All right. I'll do anything to get these bastards. He's so then he joined the one branch of the military that's only fighting the Japs. <laughs> yep. Dude, <laughs> Japanese and the Germans are pretty much, they look exactly the same. Same exact food. Pretty much. Same height. Same language. Yeah. Das yeah. Rice. <laughs> das Rice. <laughs> the only difference is that the Japanese have little tiny versions of all the guns and tanks that are cute. <laughs> And yeah, so much cuter. Um, um, can we take a quick break? I'm gonna pee and smoke a, yeah. a bowl sure. real quick. Let's do it. I do the pee too. You want to smoke a cigarette? No, I'm good. You know what an egg is called in German? No. D I. Or maybe D-I. it's dare I. I forget. Like just the letter I or like E uh I think it's E I. D E D I I D I D I Yeah It's weird, right? I like huevo. Huevo's good. Huevo's a good word for egg. I like schmetterling. <laughs> I wonder what they call eggs in Japan. This is the one one of the most seamless breaks we've ever done. Coming back from a break with a total. I feel like we could figure that change. out. Yeah, like we when, all eat. All three of us enjoy sushi. I think, right? Tom, yeah, like sushi. I like sushi. Yeah, yeah, so they definitely have like egg sushi sometimes. So I feel like we've probably seen the word, the Japanese word for egg, but just didn't recognize it as such. Wait, do you guys want to go out to a German restaurant get some sushi later? Yeah. Oh my god, I love German ramen. Mm mm mm. All right, well, back to this awful story about a great guy. (laughs) All right, so we were contextualizing Madeline a little bit more. So Madeline, the wife of this crazy man, this crazy beautiful man, I mean crazy in the highest regard. Right. 
She loves that he's doing all this stuff. And she herself would end up quitting Hollywood in 1943 to help with the Red Cross efforts. Wow. Ah. Now, at boot camp in South Carolina, Sterling outperforms all of his peers. He's a freak. He's also like 27. Yeah, I think so. Okay. He's, uh, he's killing it. Yeah. He also did this already. <laughs> <laughs> and in his free times, he's battening down hatches. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like freakishly strong now, too, on top of being handsome. He's just unbelievable. Uh, he also knew that two individuals from every class would be picked for officer cadet school. So he made sure to kick his ass and get one of those positions, which he did. Nice. After so he didn't want to join the Navy, but then he joins the Marines and becomes the same class that he the Navy would have Yeah, but Travis, he earned it. Yeah. No, that's last true. Time, he likes earning things. He doesn't like being it's given true. stuff. He hates being given stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after a few weeks, he was moved from South Carolina to Quantico for officer training. He was given a commission of second lieutenant in the U.S. Marine Corps. Now, that is... That is the equivalent to an ensign. <laughs> okay. Yep. Unfortunately, he was assigned to a training section of Quantico. Sterling had really felt shame for avoiding the front lines first time around when he was in Scotland and got pretty disappointed from his assignment. Yeah. He called up his old pal, General William Donovan... The fellow who got him into the Scotland training to begin with. To see if he could pull any strings. Luckily for Sterling, Donovan had been recruited from FDR to help form the new International Intelligence Agency group. And we're skipping from the thing that got him in the place to begin with, with the OSS. Now he's basically going to be in the OSS. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm. Not Damn. just the training. Um, they needed men like him. They needed big, strong, handsome men who could do things without bragging about it. Um, which is good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the key is handsome. Yes, that's true. Handsome wins wars. Yeah, that's right. Why do you think Hitler lost? Not that handsome. Not that handsome. Papa Joe Stalin. Yeah, great mustache. Hand Very, Very handsome. handsome. Um, for those of you who don't know, by the way, the OSS is the CIA. Which is kind of fun to think of this guy as also a CIA agent. Also in the movies. Yes. Yeah. So on top of being a Marine and all that stuff, he's just everything. He's pretty much in every branch of the military at one point. Um, so he gets called up to be in the OSS, and the Marine Corps are furious because they're like, we just put you in the officer training, and if we knew you were going to run away... We wouldn't have given you that. We would have trained another officer. Yeah. <laughs> so to punish him, they made him stay at Quantico for another four weeks and just train and beat the shit out of him, which he was fine with because he's basically a tree of yeah. a man. Because this isn't anything yeah. different for him. Mm. Now, Sterling changed his name to John Hamilton to stop people from recognizing him on paper. Ugh. Ooh. Downgrade. You think so? Yeah. Big downgrade. Yeah. John yeah. Hamilton. Strong yes. name. Sterling Sterling Hayden is a, a that's a crisp name. I can picture him in my head when I hear it. Yeah. John Hamilton just makes me think of like subpar kitchen equipment. John Hamilton <laughs> sounds like a schoolyard bully from the nineteen fifties mocking someone for being into American history. Like, get a load of this guy, Mr. John Hamilton over here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I see what you Yeah, okay. Um upon meeting the other OSS recruits. Sterling felt pretty out of place. 
Sterling had never finished grade school, and all the other recruits were college boys with specialized skills, engineers, um, communication experts, things of that nature. And uh, wouldn't you know it, many of them were not dumb. They were communists. All right. Ooh, um, smart. Though I, just throwing out there, I do heavily disagree <laughs> with the fundamentals. But not dumb. Dude, uh, Soviet Union won the handsome contest. Saying, mm. like we said, Uncle yeah. Joe. America didn't win the war until we got FDR out of there and put in Truman, guy with a nice smile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, big fucking eyeballs. Yeah, <laughs> working legs. Yeah. <laughs> July twenty first, nineteen forty three. Sterling was assigned to work with the French operational groups as a liaison officer in Greece. Somehow. I missed this, and everyone else did in the book. He spoke French. Oh. Pick that up on the water. I don't know. Oh, right. That seems like it's just one of those things where, like, the salt water gets into your nose, and eventually you just learn French. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you wake up one day, oh. and you're like... You're, you're trying to speak English, but it's coming out French. Yeah. Yeah. Salt <laughs> maybe. <laughs> That's all it is. That All that he was trying to say was, where's the Waffle House? You know, like that. <laughs> Sailors love Waffle Houses. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he speaks French, and they were like, that's great. You could be a liaison officer between the French resistance and, that's hanging out in Greece, trying to put the pressure up. Um, the whole side of, like, the Adriatic Sea was all... Most of it was occupied by Germans, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. What? So you had Yugoslavia there. And then you have, like, Greece and all these countries. All, yeah, all occupied. They're all occupied. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of resistance Occupied efforts. or puppet states, one or the other. Yeah. Okay. What's just, the, just what's the movie the with Gregory Peck where they have to climb up the cliff and blow up the... To Kill a Mockingbird? <laughs> no, it's like a World War II movie. And it was, like, a real thing where Nazis had made this, like, super fortress in the Mediterranean. Oh, and all these Marines uh, had to scale uh, a cliff. I don't know. Is it the Navarone one? Is that what you're thinking? Guns of Navarone? Guns of I Navarone? think that might be it. Guns yeah. of Navarone is part of... A, it takes place in the Mediterranean. I don't know if that's the one you're referring to, though. I think that's the one I'm thinking yeah. of. Hmm. But yeah. all these, like... All these Sterling Haydens climbed up a cliff and, like, blew up these guns in the Mediterranean. Yeah. That's awesome. He probably did that himself. <laughs> probably. So, he heads out to Greece, making a stop in Cairo, where he's supposed to report to a Lieutenant Colonel Paul West. Now, like other times in Sterling's past, when he shows up, no one knows what to do with him. Wes never got the memo that he was coming and was like, we don't need you over there. That area is dangerous. And uh, we figured it out. Getting you there would be more danger than, um, than worth it. Yeah. For such a pretty man. So he cancels his plans to go to Greece. While in Cairo, his bunkmate had returned from Italy and told him that the Allied occupation along the coastline of, uh, of Italy was uh, popping with action. So British actually had control, which I didn't know this. British had control of um, the eastern border of Italy. During World War Two, did you? I'm I'm gonna keep asking you questions. Not the like, whole way. Not the whole way. I think like no, I just, um like about halfway up. It was like the the bottom Barry well, and then yeah. To, well, we invaded Italy in '43. That's where this is. Yeah. So this is this is like right when it got. Re I it's weird to say liberated because they're in Axis power, but <laughs> right, <laughs> it yeah. was kind of liberated. <laughs> but Italians don't care. 
No, they're hanging Mussolini. Like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're it, fun. It, it, they don't want I've, more. They're lovers. They're people who do yeah. shoddy work. Like Ethiopia. So I don't know where early. that is. Yeah. I need to yeah. eat pasta. <laughs> I feel like there's, uh, especially with Americans, maybe it's different in other countries, but like we don't really focus on the Mediterranean all that much. We always think of like D-Day. Yeah, the war, uh, the war started yeah. at D-Day. Yeah. 1944. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We don't really talk about all that fighting with all these like... You know, we we never bring up the amount of octopi that died from the bombings, you know, on these islands. There's a lot of octopus in the ocean. Seven, seven died. Seven died? Yeah. yeah. Seven? You would have eaten them anyways. Yeah, well, that's a waste of food. <laughs> You're right. Correct. So anyway, Sterling's like, all right, I'm in Cairo. I got nothing to do. I'm not getting orders because I have this special training and my superior doesn't know how to treat my position. So he's basically just parking me here. So he goes up to the west and he goes, hey. Does he become an archaeologist? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes up to west and he goes, hey, man, uh, I'd like to be stationed over there. Because this is all like waterfront efforts happening in Barry. And I need to be on the water. I I'm, can't be in Cairo. I'm about that action, boss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So west met him halfway. He sent him to Italy. But not for what he thought he would be doing. He sent him to manage the supply line to aid Yugoslavian guerrilla resistance group led by the uh, led by a fellow named Joseph Braz, aka Tito. <laughs> Ooh, are you familiar with Tito? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So he's running guns for Tito. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much uh, what Sterling Hayden's doing now. That's sick. Good yeah. for him. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, he's a communist revolutionary that would later become the dictator, a benevolent dictator. He was a good guy. Yeah, that's what people... I was looking for something bad. <laughs> Go read the Wikipedia article on the breakup of Yugoslavia, and you'll be wishing that Tito was still alive today. Yeah, well, <laughs> he did a good job at the old Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. Yeah. Now, too many prefix in a, in a country like that. That's a classic communist Socialist, Federal, Republic, that's three. Yeah. For one oh, yeah. country, Yugoslavia. And, and Yugoslavia in and of itself is like kind of a portmanteau. It's like all pan-Slav, pan-Slavics, basically. Yeah. Yeah. They love their acronyms and very long names. The S-F-R-Y. Safri. 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 See, I think that's one thing that America and capitalism does better is that we come up with the name of the acronym and then we fill it in. Yeah. We, you know? <laughs> we, no, I, that's called a backronym. Yeah. And I hate them. America, it's what America is best. It, it, we yeah. are terrible at it. We're very bad at it. <laughs> the Patriot Act stands for something. Yeah. yeah. I always forget that's a backronym. If you look up like recent ones, I don't know, when I wake up all mad and angry and I look at the news in the morning and I see these things getting passed and all this stuff, they're all named retarded. They're just. Yeah. Like, who, but, someone's getting hired to do this. Yeah. Some, see, in Soviet Russia, they'd just be like, fuck that. We're just going to say what we need to say, and it'll be a whole jumble of letters. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the title is like a four-page paragraph <laughs> just, yeah. like, why, explaining what it is. Yeah, why not just make it a nickname, though? Like, call it the Patriot Act without having it stand for something. Yeah, that's true. Just call it the Patriot or the, Act. Or the, the Future Ruining Act. <laughs> You know, like, just come with a nickname that we get the gist. The spy. We're, the, we're spying on you, Yes. Yeah. That brought to you by Verizon. <laughs> so, there he goes, off to Italy to help the communists of Yugoslavia. 
Starling was stationed in Bari, Italy, and was under British control. Uh, the main port for supply of operations. So he was, uh, he was like, uh, water? I know this. I know waters. Uh, he was placed in charge of outgoing shipments from the dock, actually, because he was the only American who knew what the hell a dock even was. Really. <laughs> they were like, there was a lot of, lot of boys in the Navy that knew what docking was. <laughs> they knew what docking was, but they yeah. didn't know the grander scale of docking. Wait, but, can I say something even sillier about the Patriot Act before sure. we completely move on? Are you going to say the what the acronym is? The full thing is called yeah. the USA Patriot Act. Uh -huh. USA is also an acronym. Oh, no. <laughs> It's the uniting and strengthening America by providing appropriate tools required to intercept and obstruct terrorism. So I feel <laughs> they used USA as a backronym for something else. Oh my god. I gosh. feel like when you I feel like you know how they talk about like the flag like etiquette and shit like that? I feel like there should be a rule that you can't use USA as a different acronym. Yeah. <laughs> also, it's already an acronym. Yeah. The Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Backronym. They came up with MAD first. I thought that was just like a... Oh, that's a good acronym to use. Really? <laughs> yeah, backronym. They backronym that one, too. Yeah. Dude, it's, Soviets it's don't do that. They're like, this is the Iglambria Gangadunskis. <laughs> that stands for the Amdashkiskiuslaflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflifliflif
Yeah. It's but awesome. so do Slavic people. What, you think Slavic people don't have pecs underneath that hair? Well, I'm saying the hair kind of like blurs the contrast, like yeah. the natural shadows mm. that would kind of make you look more impressive. And the strongest Slav man is just a little portly. So, yeah. 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 Well, that's what you <laughs> want to look like when you're a Slav. Dude. You don't, you don't, you want to be beyond squatting. All right. Yeah. Sterling thrived in this position. He made 70 successful voyages ac across the Adriatic Sea through U-boat riddled waters with his men, delivering all the goods for the boys. That's a lot. That's, yeah. 70 trips. Yeah. Back and forth. Uh, he had also taken part in 30 successful recon missions. No, three. I added a zero there. <laughs> three successful recon missions. The consensus among those who served under him was that he was the best damn sailor they'd ever seen. He'd become a hard-drinking, no-nonsense leader, and God bless you if you called him Sterling Hayden. He had no problem punching anyone in the face. Yeah, yeah. He, said he that was, to his face. had to be John Hamilton. He was John Hamilton, All damn right. it. He yeah. was John Hamilton. He was acting. <laughs> See? <laughs> Can't outrun the game. There you go. Uh, how much spinach do you think he's eating at this time? Probably loads. I mean, the Mediterraneans love their dark, leafy greens. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's yeah. coming out of a can, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This is wartime. Yeah. Once Sterling was was returned. Oh, God, I can't read. Again. Oh, it's the curse of me being an idiot <laughs> happening again to fuck up the show. Awesome. Once on a mission, Sterling was returning back to Monopoly. With several injured soldiers, with a fleet of U-boats on his tail, he made it out of the no-man's waters just in time for the Germans to back off and stay out of range of the British. Sterling was pissed that the troops had posi positioned themselves uh, in a different spot than they were supposed to. The landing spot had changed. They were supposed to... They knew they had these injured men, right? And he said, meet on this dock, not the one over there. Yeah. Sure enough... They're, They're on, on the, the wrong dock. So Sterling mm. is pissed because he just evaded certain death. Yeah. Running away from these disgusting German people, just smelling like kraut in this U-boat. He's pissed. So he sees they're on the wrong dock. He's sailing over there. We're losing precious time here. Now I got to sail out of the way. My God. Now as he's approaching the dock, he sees none other than Madeline Carroll, his wife, in full... Red Cross garb, you know, the, yeah. the white and the... Yeah. Yeah. Now, Madeline did not know that they're... All right. She had been sleeping around with this guy, <laughs> this oh, general. Yeah. And she didn't know how public knowledge it was. Um, Sterling knew that. So, so he what, already knew that she was sleeping around. So what yeah. was supposed to be a, a, a publicity stunt, actually... Because oh, like there was these, press there. These two Hollywood star-crossed lovers reuniting? Yes, exactly. <laughs> he pulls up, starts screaming all the profanities. <laughs> screaming at her. Wharf rat whore. That was one of my favorites. <laughs> Wharf uh, rat. rat whore. <laughs> Fuming. Red in the face. A face that is only red from his days in sailing. Now it's red from fury. Livid, this guy is. <laughs> So wharf he, rat. I'm going to call people wharf rat. Fucking wharf yeah. rat whore. So he's yelling at her, wharf rat whore, all the, you dumb slut, you, you fucking, all those things. And people are like, whoa, this wasn't good. But Sterling, being a no-nonsense guy, gets off the boat and starts immediately checking it for damage. 
He's like not even paying attention. He's like, I already yelled at you while we were pulling up. I'm my not job's even done. Paying attention <laughs> yeah. I need to do this. I have to make sure my ship's in good shape. Damn it! I was imagine him doing it like with the ship's like intercom. Like that's how he's cursing, <laughs> yeah, like, like sailing in. Far enough away. Yeah. <laughs> um, he had this saying that he would say: "If you protect the boat, you protect your ass." So that was always like a thing he. Yeah. Always told his men, so he was serious about it. He got off the boat and he starts looking for bullets and stuff. And these boats took bullets from the U-boats, you know? It took yeah. a while. Yeah. They're shooting machine guns at him, all that shit. He gets out. So this liaison, uh, not a, a public re- relationship officer, he starts going up to, he starts saying, hey, uh, Sterling, you know, you got to calm down, man. Because he sees he's pacing, inspecting the boat, and he's going, we got gunfire here. We got gunfire there. <laughs> Someone's got to take care of this. The guys are like, Sterling, calm down. Like, you know, you, you got the men here safely. And he's just like, takes the guy by the collar, throws him in the water. <laughs> now, this public relation officer actually was a superior. Oh. So this was a big to-do. Like, people people are very upset yeah. by this panning out. And then he stares at Marilyn, Madeline Carroll, who runs off the dock. And I don't think they talk for about six months. But, uh, yeah, it's a good story. Oh, man. That's wow. awesome. Yeah. What a day. Getting shot at by the Germans is like the third worst thing that happened to him. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I imagine that whole story playing because I'm sure there was cameras there. That footage is probably destroyed, but I just imagine it with that like 1940s like romance music going in the background. Where oh, he's yeah, like, yeah. You were frat whores, like <laughs> and pointing at the boat and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, throwing There's the guy in the boat. fucking river. Yeah, um, I got another story for you. Why not? I like these tales yeah. that are told yeah. about. Young Sterling. So he grows to hate the British, okay? Rightfully so. They're disgusting and British, and they did Harry Potter. Not good. During another mission, Sterling and his men were cornered by two German patrol boats taking serious damage. He radioed to the British allies and asked for backup, in which return he got on the radio, quote, negative, negative, can't help you, old chap. <laughs> Sterling was seeing red. If that point. dialogue was in like a movie made today about World War II, they'd be like, "We got to cut that. That's too cheesy." Right? Yeah. <laughs> There's too no the way nose. anyone said that. <laughs> oh, people were so cheesy back then, especially <laughs> Brits. Uh, miraculously, he was able to fight his way out of this cornering, like serious sailing maneuver. Got out. He arrives back to Monopoly. They approached a British torpedo boat. Sterling ordered his men to fire on the British boat. <laughs> and his gunners were all in shock. They were like, they they never heard something like that. That's uh that's insane. Yeah. But they had two options. They either fire on the boat and possibly get in trouble and arrested, or they have to get their asses kicked by Sterling Hayden. Yeah. <laughs> Defy a direct order. Yes. Yeah. Which is ugh, not going to happen. So they decided to fire. <laughs> the tactic was to fire over the ship as much as possible, but a few bullets did actually hit. And uh, within a few minutes, a British destroyer came and towed the American boat back to dock, or not towed, but escorted. Um, over the loudspeaker, they say, hey, you guys are all arrested. You guys are the worst. Sterling's like, this is bullshit. Told a few of his men to sneak off the ship and go get the American military police, which they did. And in no time, a group of American soldiers hit the dock surrounding the destroyer with machine guns. 
Damn. This went to like some kind of crazy police standoff. Basically, it was like the police versus yeah. the police. <laughs> um, it did defuse after like an hour or so. Sterling and his men were all brought in for questioning. None of his men ratted on him because they they liked the guy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, through odd circumstance, nothing ever happened from this. He just got away with it. He just got away with it. Man, they man. basically filed some charges against him, and they all got dropped. God, being handsome. Yeah. yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> I think the British officer is like, bring me that captain, and then sees him, he's like, ah, you're fine. So I would You're like, a good chap. <laughs> is, is that... What charge would that be for firing on an ally for fucking you? I feel like the if it were to have gone worse, I feel like in order to save it, the, it would basically be like the American Navy would punish him. Right. Yeah, but they would do whatever the British Navy asked them to like punish them. They'd probably give the Royal Navy like here are the four options we've got, and the Navy, the Royal Navy would pick one, right? Pick and the, the worst US one. would be like, okay, we'll do that. Yeah, yeah. that's like a in- international incident there, yeah. where you're talking multiple militaries and yeah, exactly. So he's involved in this crazy international incident that just gets hushed. Like no one really, this is not common knowledge. Yeah, for oh, you have to be a Sterling Hayden fan to have heard to, about this. to heard about yeah. this. But, that's um, crazy. Yeah, so it's just one of the many things that he's accomplished. Started a uh, a rivalry of infighting. <laughs> also, you you say like you bring you bring the British military their four choices, right? You say, hey, this is what we do to people. Yeah, I would trick the British. One of the choices would be no tea time, <laughs> and they would definitely pick that. And then as an American, you'd be like, fucking stupid, <laughs> <laughs> you idiot. <laughs> We <laughs> option four. We take away his electric kettle. Oh, yeah. that one, that one, that one, <laughs> that one. That'll that show him. <laughs> no yeah, crumpets so, on Sunday. <laughs> so that's Sterling Hayden part two. I thought that would be a good uh, period. Oh, I was, I'm loving this like ad- adventurous lifestyle he's got. It's yeah, great. some of the best. And, and we're like in the middle of the war right now. I mean, are we when we? No spoilers, bro. Are we going to come back to the war when we... Uh, was oh, yeah, Nick? yeah. There's more okay. stuff. There's more yeah. war stuff. We're going right. we're going into Yugoslavia and whatnot. Wow. I was Ooh. for sure thinking that we were going to end up in the Pacific. I thought Me he... Too. he yeah. Just like seeing him in Strange Love and then hearing about his childhood, I'm like, this guy murdered a bunch of Japanese soldiers <laughs> on Iwo Jima. Yeah. And then to find out he didn't, I'm a little disappointed. <laughs> well, we'll see, you know. I'm still reading the book. Guys, I'm busy. I don't even know if the, uh, part three is going to come out next week. Next week, find out. The, next week's the 4th of July, and as a communist, I like to celebrate our nation <laughs> in yeah, Canada. So we're, we're taking a week off. I'm yeah, moving. Yeah. I'm re- I can't read while I'm driving. No, we got busy stuff. Yeah, yeah, so we're busy, but stick around. Sterling Hayden, he's coming back hot for yeah. more parts. Um Travis, you want to add anything to, to to this conversation about how awesome this guy is? Dude, I mean, I just... I, I think you said last episode that he's like kind of a 20th century Richard Burton. Yeah. And I, 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 I agree with the adventure side. I don't think Sterling is as, like, studious as no. Richard Burton, who's, like, inquisitive on cultures. But definitely with the, like, I'm over here, I'm over there, I've gone everywhere in the world. Yeah, more the the depth of spread-outedness, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, I don't see this guy, like, all right, you said he learned French, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't see this guy, like, taking on any of the cultures that he's around. He was kicked out of 
school in fourth grade. I think yeah. fourth or fifth yeah. grade. He's never went back to school. Yeah. He's not a culture guy. No, but I mean like adapting to like the native. You know, I feel like he's very much like I'm from America. I'm from Maine. You know, like <laughs> maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe like he does kind of like take the vibe of like the Caribbean like, when he's do down there. you think there. he was wearing mm-hmm. tracksuits when he was doing these gun runs? Like do you think oh, yeah. he had his Adidas sweats? No, I don't think so. He wasn't right. integrating he with w- the culture. He didn't yeah. get the Adidas sweats. I see sweats. what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. He probably stayed in his uniform. No. All right. When I yeah, it's it's not so much cultural. No, no, um, I, I just wanted to kind of know, like, he's a very much American, right? You know, he's like... Yeah, that's yeah. what makes him so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> is that he's able to do all these things all over the globe, and he's just a good American boy. And he comes up okay. with some great swears. Yeah. Yeah. Wharf rat. I'm going to use that when I'm driving. You think his dad called him that when he was beating him with that wet stick? <laughs> I, I think that's... No, what he definitely the... picked up wharf rat on wharves with yeah. other... <laughs> No. <laughs> I think that's what that captain's wife called him when she was, he was banging her. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or she was yelling, call me a wharf rat. Car- yeah, like, call me a wharf rat whore. <laughs> I can't call you that. Your hu- only your husband can call you that. <laughs> Anyone can call me that if I tell them to. <laughs> yeah, I think he was familiar with the wharf rats at this point. Yeah. Amen. All right, folks. I think that's it. Travis, you want to wrap this episode? Oh, yeah, Connor. I'm, I'm sorry. Did you want to add it? You don't. Like, here's the thing. Every time I talk about wars, World War II stuff, um, I feel like I'm getting something horribly wrong, which is why I look at you all the no, time the- like a dog that's taking a hit. <laughs> <and> I- <laughs> this time, nothing didn't add up. We're all, okay. we're all smooth. So. All right, cool. Yeah. I just got to say, if there's anything you needed to fix about that story. No, no. All one thing, one th- thing that Tom did not add to the story, which you should do in your spare time in between episodes, you should be eating more lasagna. It's healthy for your bones. Sterling Hayden's in Italy. He's eating lots of lasagna. Good, uh, low in protein, high in sugar, lasagna. And if you, <laughs> while you're eating, you can go to Patreon.com/slash/RoseMortimerCast. You could send us a few bills. Should definitely like five star us on uh, Spotify if you're not like a German Nazi, or maybe if you are. I don't know. Sterling fought them, so you should give us five stars. Is yeah, that a great outro? <laughs> don't be a Nazi, but also not like like how like Portland people say it. No, don't yeah. be a Nazi and give us five stars. Yeah, yeah. Don't be a Nazi. Period. Give and it. give us five stars. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm talking yeah, about like right. Hugo Boss wearing motherfuckers. Yeah. yeah. Not like. Not one sentence. Don't be a Nazi and give us five stars. Right. No, no, no. Don't be a Nazi. This is getting confusing. No one knows. If you want to get less confusion, go to patreon.com slash rosemorningcast. Yeah, See, that's you. so much better. Connor, why don't you do the outros? I don't know <laughs> <laughs> what I'm doing. I don't even believe in capital. That's right. Yeah, right? You're a communist. There's nothing less communist than Patreon.com, so if you agree with me, please go there. (laughs) All right, bye. Bye. Bye.